situation been here yet? Just left. Not much help. More concerned with Maria's status than her babies. We got a mother that stows away in an unheated, unpressurized cargo hold trying to find her baby, and all they care about is getting her out of the country. They said hundreds of infants are smuggled every year. Maria's baby was taken 16 months ago. Could be anywhere by now. Does she have any idea who took him? No. She says she's never seen them before, buddy. He was definitely an American. What about your source? No. These guys were running flake. Shipment fell through. No idea whose operation this is. This is the Vice of Miami podcast, where your hosts, Mark and Tim, review the iconic TV show Miami Vice. Set against the backdrop of Miami's vibrant nightlife and drug trade, Miami Vice followed detectives Sonny Crockett and Ricardo Tubbs and the entire OCB team as they battled the scourge of the mid and late 80s. With its unforgettable characters, eclectic fashion, and epic soundtrack, Miami Vice captured the spirit of the times. Join us as we dive deep into the world of Miami Vice and explore the show's enduring legacy. So welcome back, Vice fans, to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 57. Mark and I are always glad you're joining us. We hope you enjoyed our last show covering Better Living Through Chemistry. So, as always, sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy the Vice of Miami podcast covering Season 3, Episode 9, Baby Blues. And this episode is written by Dick Wolf and Michael Dugan, directed by Daniel Ateas. The original air date, November 14th, 1986. And this is the 53rd episode overall. Our plot for this episode is a load of illegally smuggled children leads the vice squad to a black market international adoption ring, as well as a Colombian mother who is desperately seeking to locate her child. Let's cover the guest stars and the co-stars for Baby Blues. First up, we have Patrice Martinez as Maria Escobar. Patrice's notable film appearances include Convoy, Three Amigos, Beetlejuice, and The Effects of Magic, which was her final film. TV appearances include Mammy Vice, Zorro, and America, which was her final TV show. Martinez died on Christmas Day 2018 in Burbank, California, at the age of 55, from a long illness. Our next guest star is Barbara Halley Foote as Moira Kaplan, who is an adoptee's new mother. She was born on March 31st, 1950 in New York, New York. She's the daughter of director Horton Foote, noted for To Kill a Mockingbird. Halley starred in the stage version of Mockingbird, as well as The Trip to Bountiful and Talking Pictures. Her limited TV and film appearances include Chud, Roanoke, Law and Order, Paranormal Activity, Sliders, among a few others. Nothing could be found about her personal life. And we have Stanley Tucci as Stephen DeMarco, an adopting new father. He was born November 11, 1960 in Peekskill, New York. Tucci began his career on Broadway in the early 80s before beginning his film career in 1985's Pritzi's Honor, Who's That Girl, Saves of New York, Billy Bathgate, Beethoven, Prelude to a Kiss, Undercover Blues, The Pelican Brief, It Could Happen to You, 
and among others. Some TV appearances include 30 Rock, ER, Monk, Wise Guy, Crime Story, among several titles. Tucci married his wife Katie in 1985 until her death from breast cancer in 2009. They have three children, twins Isabella and Nicolo, and daughter Camilla. In August 2012, Tucci married English literary agent Felicity Blunt, and they have two children, son Matteo and daughter Emilia. Next up is Jane Brucker as Angela Mitchell, a social worker, born June 14, 1958 in Falls Church, Virginia. Brucker's movie debut was as Lisa Hausman, older sister of Frances Baby Hausman in 1987's Dirty Dancing. Other film appearances include Stealing Home, Bloodhounds of Broadway, and her most recent movie appearance in 2005's Dish Dogs. Other TV appearances include Crime Story, Wise Guy, and Ellen. Brooker married Brian O'Connor, who she appeared with in Baby Blues in 1980. From in, she married him in 1986 until their divorce in 1993. They had one daughter, Sally O'Connor, and she later married photographer Raul Vega in 2001 until their divorce in 2023. They have a daughter named Rachel Vega. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Next up, we have Brian Brooker O'Connor. He was uh, Detective Patterson. He was born February 14th, 1953 in Linfield, Massachusetts. His selected film appearances include National Lampoon's Class of 86, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Random Acts of Variety, Order of the Eagle, and Terrorist. Limited TV roles besides Miami Vice here include Shining Time Station and Sports Kebab. O'Connor married actress Jane Brucker, who appeared with in this episode. We just said that. In, 19, in 2016, O'Connor joined the independent band The 6660s as co-guitarist and vocalist. Our last guest stars, Tommy Coyne, made his TV debut as Howard Familia. Coyne appeared as a stand-up comedian, appearing with the likes of Jerry Seinfeld, Ray Romano, and Eddie Murphy, and has done a one-man comedy show called Baby Boomer Baby, which has been adapted to a play that has been performed nationwide. Selected filmography includes National Lampoon's Movie Madness and Dracula, Dead and Loving It. TV appearances include The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd and Boston Legal. Nothing could be found about his personal life. And wrapping up our co-stars, we've got Alfredo Alvarez Calderon as Eduardo Vasquez, the consulate general worker, and Tony Crabtree as reporter. Mark, we have some Miami Vice in the news. Actor Stanley Tucci is currently starring in the Amazon Prime TV series, The Citadel. Okay, getting right into the discussion for Baby Blues. We open up in what we find to be Colombia, San Cristobal, Colombia, and we see a bus driving along the road, and then right away a nice, sharp drive, uh, sharp-looking car kind of cuts it off and makes it stop, the bus stop. And then some thugs start boarding the bus, ransacking it, and I can't remember, Tim, was there like animals on, uh, on board this bus, maybe goats or something like that too? Uh, I'm sure there were, yes. I mean, in Colombia, whatever works, I guess. Anything goes. But anyway, people are panicking. These thugs, they're, I think they're grabbing a couple of kids. And then some lady who's holding a baby, she escapes out the back ent- uh, back exit of the bus. She takes off running. Uh, one of the goons, thugs, chases her down, pretty much smacks her around and takes the baby. 
Um, I think she tries grabbing it again and he hits her again. But anyway, this thug takes his baby up to the car that cut this bus off. And then we see some American there and four other thugs. They've got several babies in hand and it's obvious they're kidnapping them. Our main character here, Howie, the American, I think he said one of them was homely and give it back to the mother. Mm. Yes, he did. And yes, he did. Howard Familia. So anyway, uh, we are now in Florida, somewhere probably in the Everglades. We don't know that it's not really specified. We see the vice team here lying in wait, and it's in kind of a heavy little, uh, heavily wooded area, but it's by a, a landing strip. So anyway, overhead, we see a plane coming in for a landing. Are they waiting for drugs to be, liver- be delivered? We don't know. The plane lands, one guy gets out, and then all of a sudden, one of the vice crew um, yells, freeze, Mammy Vice, and then starts start ringing out here one uh the dude that came out of the plane he shot rested vice team rushes to the plane here and then we see one lady fall out of the front storage area badly beaten obviously she was stowing away they didn't know about it another person jumps out of the back of the plane gets shot and then all of a sudden we start hearing some crying and then crockett and tubs are looking at you like what the heck is going on they i mean they think this is drugs and all of a sudden you hear these babies crying and then trudy goes on board and sees a bunch of crates she opens one up. Obviously, thank God they didn't show anything, but she finds what she says is a dead baby in a crate among many others that are still alive. So everyone's looking at each other like, what the heck? What did we get into? But what the heck's going on type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Weird. So now we follow Gina and Trudy to a hospital where they're talking to the stowaway woman whose name is Maria, and she's in this very tackily decorated hospital room all they can really get from her through translation is that she's trying to find her baby that was on the plane uh and then she's talking about how many kids were smuggled in from columbia this way but she definitely said that the kidnapper the lead guy was definitely american she also described her and it was a son that he had a birthmark and the doctor said that at and i think he's like two years old at this time it would probably still be on him, but it would be something as he got older, it would fade away. For right now, it would be something that's definitely prominent on him. Right. Some, uh, something noticeable. You can't really hide something like that. So now we're at OCB here. Castillo is filled in from the team about, you know, the mother Maria um, that they found by Gina and Trudy. Trudy's asking Castillo to have immigration pretty much stay off of this because immigration wants her out of the country. She came in illegally, they went or gone. Trudy asked Castillo uh, if he could get immigration, stay off this for a while, let them work what's going on here. He's, uh, I think he's loading up some encyclopedias in his bookcase there. He says, I'll see what I can do. And then she also says that they want to stay on this case. Castillo just says, it's not our area. I think it's kind of odd because every other thing that wasn't the area, they went nose deep into it, didn't they? Yes, they did. But again, they're the organized crime bureau. So it's not just about drugs and gambling. It's about, you know, everything far reaching. I would think something like this would be in their wheelhouse. So anyway, after some thinking, Castillo wants you and Switek to check with immigration uh, and social services to see if they've got any leads and they want Crockett Tubbs to check with the Colombian consulate. Obviously, the plane came from Colombia. Maybe they know something. Castillo wants Gita and Trudy to stay with Maria. And to wait and see if her child shakes out from the other investigating, which makes sense. How's the mother? She's strong. Is uh, any chance of keeping immigration off her back for a few days? I'll see what I can do. Uh, 
Gina and I'd like to follow through on this. It's not our area. Come on, Lieutenant. Now, we've handled other Colombian imports. What else do we have on this? Zero. Fifteen babies on a plane, three of which were DOA, two dead Colombian runners, and the mother. Lieutenant, if someone's bringing these babies in on an adoption scam, there's got to be papers on them. Tell Swide Dick and Zito to check social services. Maybe the records will indicate something. Crockett and Tubbs can run it by the Columbian Consulate. Any legally placed children would have to go through them. So now we find Crockett and Tubbs at the Columbian Consulate talking to Vice Consul Eduardo Vasquez uh, about how Maria wants her child back. He explains the whole immigration and smuggling business to them. And then Crockett and Tubbs say they want all the paper that he has on these adoptions or these smugglings. And he says, sorry, I can't just give it up without getting diplomatic approval from a high, probably an ambassador, somebody like that. But as soon as they leave, what's the typical thing that happens? Somebody who's shifty makes a phone call to somebody right away. Gotta call anyway, somebody, wait. right? Door clicks. I'm on it. They're on, they're on the horn at somebody. <laughs> yep. And, and right uh, away, I was thinking with the consulate here, was it Lethal Weapon 3? <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Bam. Diplomat- just been revoked. It's just been revoked. God, what a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're at um, Immigration or Social Services here. Zito and Switek, they're trying to smooth talk some worker there to get some information from, um, you know, on what they have. And this lady is saying, yeah, we've got all paperwork, you know, for whatever goes on. But she's perplexed, you know, saying all this, you know, it's going to be a lot of paperwork you guys are asking for. It's going to take you quite a few days to go through it. So, you know, Twitter, okay, whatever. Um, so now at OCB here, the vice crew's combing over the mounds of adoption folders. I mean, they've got manila folders stacked on every desk. Zito says he checked over a hundred already and Crockett questions that amount because at the consulate, Eduardo said they only had about 25 cases of adoptions through Colombia to America. So he's like, how can you have 100? He only said 25 over there. So Truding is going to bring some of those files and bring it, uh, bring Maria to see if her child is one of them. And then Zito again questions, or he pretty much states that most of the cases has been handled by one attorney. And this attorney, they find out when Switek calls uh, the social services clerk, he gets this attorney's name, Howard Familia. La Familia. La Familia. Now we have Gene and Trudy escorting Maria, and they're bouncing from house to house, checking out all these recent adoptions to see if something pans out on her son. And then when they call in a house, a gentleman by the name of Stephen DeMarco answers, and that was played by, he was played by Stanley Tucci, and he basically says, Howard Familia is a pig. He said that he got him a daughter after his first adopted child passed away so he made good on the 50k that they were paying him for the first child so i ain't going to give you a refund but i'll get you another kid type of thing and he said we'll get you another child at no cost basically a two for one deal and now he says it makes all sense as for familia was essentially selling kids like puppies and when asked he agrees to testify to grand jury against familia did they get a set of Ginsu knives, too, with the second child? Yeah, maybe he did. Yes. We'd like to ask some questions about your little boy's adoption. Honey, it's late. We gotta run. Okay. Bye. See you right. later. Say bye-bye, bye, Daddy. Bye-bye. Yes. 
We didn't know he had a little sister. You hear about Howard Finniglia? All right. The man's a pig. You did adopt your son through Famiglia, didn't you? Yeah. And then when Davy died, he got us Andrea. Did he ever tell you where the boy was from? Look, I don't know where he gets his babies from. And I'll admit, at the time, I really didn't care. Famiglia said for 50 grand, he could get us an infant in three months. 50,000? Yeah. 30 in cash on the side. So now we're at OCB. Trudy is in one of the offices at OCB here talking with um, Maria while Crockett, Tubbs, Gina, and Castillo, they're in another office and they're discussing how many kids and how much Familia makes per kid and that uh, he's not even going to take on any more cases until he sees a financial statement from the prospects. You know, pretty much, are you worth my time? Because I want some money here. So I think they mm-hmm. were saying 102 kids so far at 50000 per kid, making some bank here. Switek kind of chimes in and says, hey, we should put a tap on the guy. Castillo kind of pretty much agrees. Uh, and Tubbs, they have a meeting with him in two hours. I don't know how they lined it up so fast, but anyway, they got a meeting with him. And then uh, Castillo, he says he's going to get a uh, make a call to a judge to get a warrant for the wiretap. And then Zito comes in with an address to another adopted child. So Gene and Trudy take Maria to that house of another adopted child, and Maria recognizes the child as being hers. Gene and Trudy identifies themselves and say that the child may have been brought here illegally. It looks like it was an, either a, a nanny or a housekeeper of some sort was watching the child and beckoned him over. And then another woman by the name of Moyer Kaplan, who was the adoptive mother, comes in. The child runs up into her arms, and and that's where you see, because he was like in a little swimming pool, I believe. You could see on his back the birthmark. But Moyer says, you know, the adoption is legal for Florida law. And uh, Trudy and Maria leave, and Gina says they'll be in contact with her. They leave, and then Moyer then calls Famiglia. I want to talk to him now right. because yeah. Some, somebody something, said, something's know, not call right. You back. Right. Somebody said, yes. I'll have to call you back. And she's like, no, I'm uh-huh. going to talk to him now. I ain't waiting. She was now. So now we're at the meeting with Crockett and Tubbs and Familia at Familia's office. And if you notice, they got the nice glass block wall behind him and the muted colors again of this episode of Mammy Vice. I mean, it's definitely make Mammy Vice style, but it was very muted again. It just Crockett and Tubbs are just as themselves that as the detectives, nobody undercover here. They're speaking with Familia at his office, and he's passing this whole mess off as pretty much business and market demands. You could tell Crockett and Tubbs, they're pretty much having none of it, and they're seeing right through his BS that he's shoveling out here. And then he says he works with Colombian Consulate with the orphans to place them legally because, you know, that's all about the kids. Want to make sure the kids have a happy, healthy life rather than drugs and crime out in Colombia. Obviously, they didn't come into Kukani. <laughs> um, so Crockett brings up the plane incident with some dead kids and Familia. You could tell he feigns the pain and disgust. Oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. It was pretty bad. Crockett says flat out, they know he's behind it. And Familia pretty much retorts, you know, you better back up your claims because that's pretty much slander. He also says, you know, he's loved in this town for the work he does and what he does for these kids. But again, this office, I just, it, it was just bad. It was just bad. If you remember, though, Mark, that in just the notes that you read about season three, that they did, this was a season where the, 
Crockett and Tubbs' hair changed the beginning with that spike look, and they started downplaying the pastels a little bit. We hear that you give a lifetime guarantee, so in case one of these little rascals dies, you just give them a new one. You mind getting to the point of this meeting, gentlemen? The point is, we got a plane load of Colombian babies, three of which didn't make the whole trip. Terrible thing. I read about that in the papers. Hard to believe. You think that's hard to believe? Will you read the part about how you're behind it? You better be prepared to back up those accusations. We'll leave that to the grand jury. Detectives. I'm an honored man in this town. Well loved. Everybody knows I adore children. To suggest my involvement in this endeavor is not only ludicrous, it's slanderous. Sue me. Uh, I believe we get the first creepy stare from this guy. Mm-hmm. Glare. Would not, no, I'm not going to call it a stare because Castillo gives a stare. This Castillo like a gives creepy a creepy glare. This was a creepy glare. So anyway, now we're back at immigration in that same original clerk that Whitek and Zito charmed to give him paperwork was busily working at her computer when another woman by the name of Angela Mitchell comes in. The first gal tells Angela that the cops came by asking for all the records for the last three years regarding any Colombian adoptions. And now you could see Angela has this look of concern on her face. After playing dumb about not knowing about the plane smuggling and telling her coworker that, you know, you shouldn't have been given anything because they need a warrant to get paperwork like that. And I believe that she said, but the other gal said, uh, you know, you want to. I just figure, just want to be cooperative and help them out. Mm-hmm. Plot thickens. So now they've got the wiretap uh, warrant in hand. So we're somewhere, uh, obviously close by Zero and Switek. Uh They're listening to a wiretap of Familia's office and a little comedic relief back and forth with Zito doing some push-ups and Switek cracking wise about uh, how health conscious he is. The uh, the immigration clerk, Angela and Familia, they make a phone, or they're talking to each other on the phone. And they said they've got to meet. And Femia says, yeah, no kidding. You guys are selling paperwork over there pretty much. And then the location is given to where they're going to do a face-to-face. So this location here is along the beach. And Zito and Switek are pretty much nonetheless so obvious in a panel van. No Bugmaster van here, just a panel van. They're doing surveillance, pretty much standing obviously out the, pretty much hanging out the door here of this thing with a, one of those parabolic uh, listening devices, which doesn't seem to be working too well. So they can't get what they need as far as uh, evidence or whatever. Um, so anyway, Angela says that she thought the kids would have a better life here rather than some being brought over dead. And Finley, uh, again, pretty much is saying it's cost of doing business. And then she gets this disgusted look on her face. She's disgusted, obviously, and says, stay away from me. But then he's something like, uh, you know, you're tied in with this because you're paid very well by me. Uh, he says it's not going to be an issue until somebody testifies against him. And then he says he's already going to take care of that. Obviously, regarding DeMarco here. She still walks away, obviously disgusted by him. And then he takes note into uh, a mini tape recorder, which was the thing to do back in the late 80s. Verbalizes some notes to take care of some issue. And then smugly looks at the sun as if, uh, I'm thinking as if he's some uh, big type monster, uh, mobster businessman. But he still looks like a creep. And now, meanwhile, back at the DeMarco home, Mrs. DeMarco is doing some yard work and her baby is in the swing. She gets a phone call 
walks away. You imagine that. And then it's all too obvious. We leave our kid alone. And some henchman thug sneaks out of nowhere in the bushes. Nobody has security. It's just wide open stuff. And leaves a note taped to the baby saying, Mommy, please don't testify. Could could you have seen this coming, Mark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the business he had. This is the business he had to have taken care of. Mom comes out, finds a note, freaks out. Later on, Gene and Trudy come back to the house to ask DeMarco why he hasn't contacted the DA. He says that he's changed his mind and his wife beckons off from the back on not to talk to the cops. Trudy keeps pressing him and he says he changed his mind. She says they will have to subpoena him. And he says, you know, even if you do, I got a bad memory. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, here at OCB, Vice crew is going over all the details and Crockett, rightfully so, seems to think that the baby was threatened somehow or by means of the baby uh, in order for DeMarco to change his mind dead on that one. Switex uh, asks how Angela Mitchell's doing from uh, the uh, social service offices, I'm sorry, with the pressure. And Castillo says, add more. So Crockett and Tubbs decide to pay her a visit. So they go to social services again here and Crockett and Tubbs visit Mitchell at the immigration, uh, I'm sorry, social service offices. She says she's been advised not to talk about anything until she sees a lawyer. And Crockett says, I thought so. And slaps down a subpoena on her desk. I mean, just bam. She's been served to appear before a grand jury. And this is all in front of a thug who's sitting there in the background. Obviously, he's sitting there watching, you know, keep an eye on her. So as soon as Crockett and Tubbs leaves, he gets up and makes a phone call. Hmm, just like the consulate, I'm telling Again. daddy. I'm mm-hmm. telling daddy. And we later learn that this thug's name is Hector. And he works uh, Hector. for the law offices of Familia and whoever his partners were. So now we are at a dinner scene where Familia and Eduardo are discussing the case. But Howard, he doesn't seem worried about any of this. Well, Eduardo is. And, you know, Howard says Mitchell from immigration is not going to be a problem. He's going to give the press something better to deal with. Now he further presses Eduardo that, hey, you could get diplomatic immunity in this case. And he he affirmed that. And he says, you could also get like a letter. I don't know if it was technically immunity, but extension of that to his partner being Howard Familia. And then Eduardo says, nope, I'm out. And he says, I'm leaving for Bogota tomorrow. And there's how he given another creepy glare an operation has your pockets bulging to the tune of about two million Eduardo, baby granted a profitable business venture hard but it's time to get out the press won't let go off this plain little babies they're having stories on it every day plus this woman in social services she's got to be a weak link she knows everything the press is like a child we'll just unwrap a bigger toy for them as for this mitchell woman she won't be a problem. What does that mean? Forget about her. I'll take care of all the problems. I just need a small favor from you. What kind of favor? You're well aware that you have diplomatic immunity in these matters. Yes? A trip to Washington tomorrow. A speech on the embarrassing nature of this case for your government could secure a letter of rejection of prosecution for your partner. Moi. Moi. Smooth operator. He, he still thinks he's the smartest man in the world, in the room. Right. We'll see yeah. what happens. Put him up against um, Nectar Calderon. 
Uh, Dennis Farina. What was his character? Uh, Lombard. Lombard. Yes, that's it. Put him mm-hmm. up against Lombard. He won't last a second. So now we're in this, we're at this quick scene where Familia meet with, he meets with Hector in both vehicles. They're like side by side. And what Familia said was in the bed, as we'll find out later what that means. So Hector gets out of his car, opens his truck, and Eduardo's in there. Pulls, pulls, he puts a silencer on a gun, and we assume he takes care of business. Now, meanwhile, at Angela Mitchell's place, she hears the doorbell ring. And then it moves quickly to later in the night where a bunch of police and rescue activity are at Mitchell's place of residence. Crockett and Tubbs pull up. Whole scene is sta- staged as a murder-suicide with Eduardo and Mitchell. And that was... They were found in bed and they were trying to paint the picture that they were lovers. Right. And right. it was a murder-suicide thing. So that's when he said, I had to listen at it a few times to Mark what he said. And then I was like, in the bed. So that's what I wrote my notes. And then it made sense when we see what they believe, what Detective Patterson believe happened. He keeps talking with Crockett and Tubbs about the case. And it's and seems perplexed that Crockett and Tubbs would question his investigation of a crime scene saying it's murder suicide and cracker resorts retorts by saying it's too neat i believe he, he was saying like you know with my experience you're questioning me getting right. territorial getting territorial rightfully so but obviously it was too neat of a new too neat of a job there was nothing out of place there's always something out of place which we'll find later so now we're at ocb here uh crockett is asking castillo for a few more hours at at the apartment there to redust again the whole crime scene crockett gets authorization just as patterson calls him on the phone and crockett you know saying what you don't want to play ball but crockett says you know i've got i've got uh, authorization you know i'll have my lieutenant call you lieutenant but i'm already clear to do what i gotta do so they go to mitchell's place here the uh, crockett and tubs meet patterson outside and he says everything's been redone and redone again and again we got it all squared away just when another detective comes out and says something about someone pushing a door or something like that. So they've got some more evidence here. So now back at OCB here, they get print results for this thug who is Hector Borges. And, you know, he's the one we keep seeing and they run down his rap sheet. Surprise, surprise. They find out he was a chauffeur for Familia. Hmm. Imagine that. So they call for uh, Zito and Switek and then they leave OCB. So now... The vice team rolls up on Hector's place, guns drawn, telling local residents to get in there, get inside and stay inside. They keep calling from and knocking, but no answer. They uh, Then they keep going from room to room to seek, and they find uh, Hector Borges suicided himself in a closet. Hmm. Looks like Howard is clean, cl- taking care of even more loose ends. And then Crockett sees exposed at his feet and he says, it's what I remember him screaming. It's wired. And they run for the window hit and they out the window as it's blown. And then back at OCB, they are filling a Castile on everything. You know, Marty says it just, he seems to think it's pretty much a dead end that they can't, they're, they got nothing linking familiar to anything. Uh, Tubbs pretty much gets in his face and says, we, we can let this guy walk with three murders. And Clint Castillo says, Yes. Crockett brings up Maria, then brings up the unthinkable, but which they have done before, uses an innocent to lure a bad person. Tub seemed let down and walked away. But right, didn't they use 
didn't they use Nogi as bait and maybe mm-hmm. even Izzy at one time, like yeah. in season one? And that's when Tubbs was always, I don't like your methods type of thing. But here yeah. we go. So now we're at the hospital here. Gita and Trudy, they use a media contact and they've set up an interview at the hospital. They've got, uh, they, I think they know what they're doing here. So they're interviewing, Mar- they, they're interviewing Maria here and she's telling her story whose son was kidnapped and adopted by somebody else. They're giving a whole rundown about this Columbia thing. So they're doing this to draw out Familia because obviously he's going to see it on TV. He, you know, he's, he'll grab on anything. It seems like here. So he does watch the interview. We see that, uh, with the creepy glare again, you know, like I said before, there's a Castillo stare, which is business. And then there's this guy's creepy stare, which just says slime ball. So, um, back at the hospital here later on. And again, this thing is this poorly decorated and they've got, this floating mermaid statue in a waiting room which with the boobs boobs hanging out no you don't do that in the hospital i don't know especially since i believe the hospital's name was saint anne's hospital or something like that right so it's catholic hospital or a religious hospital of some sort it's a weird religion then (laughs) uh so anyway the vice team is there and they are, uh, they're as undercover workers. Uh, Trudy is a nurse at the nurse's station. Switek, he's just a patient uh, or a visitor there in the waiting room. Zito was a doctor. So Familia comes in. He gets in the elevator. And then Switek's in tow. And then he says he's going to floor number four. And that's where Switek was supposed to exit. But he said, whoops, wrong floor. So Familia sees the cop at Maria's room. And he just continues to floor five where he just so conveniently has a seminar set up with a bunch of women about adoption and the process that involves that. Once Familia goes into the room here, Switek peeks his nose into the room and then some nun pretty much comes up to him at the door and says, uh, you must be in the wrong room. The eating disorder room is somewhere else. Classic. The look on his face. <laughs> Quick comedic relief from a nun. Uh, good evening, ladies. Sorry I'm late. If you'll just settle down, we'll begin. Now, if you'll just uh, bear with me a moment, I'll just get this film threaded and we can start. Can I help you, young man? Uh, no, I guess I'm in the wrong place. Uh, the eating disorder lecture is on three. This is the unwed mother seminar. So anyway, Familia starts uh, a film for the potential adoptive mothers and all that to watch. He creepily sneaks out behind a curtain which somehow just ends up exiting into a janitor's room, which was kind of odd. I mean, it just looked like a patient floor. And then all of a sudden it goes into a janitor's room, but whatever. So anyway, wouldn't you know it, he finds an HVAC duct where he can sneak through. Ah, wow. This duct work just so happens to be very well lit, clean, very large, maybe 36 inches, I'm thinking, top to bottom. Sure thing. (laughs) And, and able to support the weight of a man, so on and so forth. I mean, the, the quintessential cooling ductwork, somebody's going to be sneaking through it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and wouldn't even you know this, uh, wouldn't you know it, this ductwork even has a ladder in it to go from the fifth floor to the fourth floor. Wouldn't you know it again, it just so happens to lead to Maria's room. How about that? Huh? And how would he know that without having like the, Blueprints. the schematics of the right. HVAC? Schematics. Yeah. He I mean, just got it by luck. Mark. I don't even think got it by luck. I don't even think he brought a uh, a flashlight, did he? Just as uh, just as pistol. no, is that well lit? Mine is. Is it yours? That. 
So we see uh, Maria sleeping here, and then Familia is easily crawling through the ductwork. Mind you, without making any noise, you know, the telltale, you know, the bendling and bucking noises and the popping noises that Sheet Metal always makes. Always. Mm -hmm. Getting through, no problem. So finally, he makes it to the vent in Maria's room, pulls out his gun, and pushes open the vent cover, which, again, is conveniently not screwed to the wall and just so happens to have a hinge at the top so it swings open, like mine to, oh, wait, mine has screws in it, never mind. <laughs> so anyway, he sneaks out halfway, and lo and behold, it's Gina that's sleeping in the bed. The lights come on, the vice crew pops in, he pulls out a gun and tries to fire off around, but vice gets him before he could get one off, and then he kind of falls he doesn't fall out he's kind of falls halfway out looking there up. yeah he's looking up you know in a supine position he's kind of frozen there kind of like not completely limp just frozen halfway up but the good point here he doesn't have a creepy grin on his face when he's dead i just it's like what this whole scene could have been redone my opinion mm -hmm. but anyway so now we're at uh, moira kaplan's house and Marie is reunited with her son once again, along with his adoptive parents. And Gene and Trudy are also present. Crockett and Tubbs and some immigration people. Basically, there was going to be a hand in this scene. There was going to be a handover of Maria getting her son back from the Kaplan's. The family has kids belongings packed up, ready to go. And Maury is explaining everything and then through sadness and tears to Moira how he likes things. And this is obviously a very intense scene. And then seeing the pain in the little boy and in the parents, Maria does obviously the right thing and mother thing. And she lets him be with the parents that he really knows. And she retreats the vehicle nearby. And I think she said, is to madre ahora. I believe she said that this is your mother just, now. Right. I mean, it was a very intense scene. You yes, know, it was. Obviously, she, again, she did the right thing. She didn't want to see him in more pain just to be with him, you know, with this strange lady that he, he has no idea who the heck it is if he went with her. So, end scene. I'm not even doing an ad. I couldn't do an ending clip because there really wasn't much on there. Just a no. lot of music. Three. Let's do the ratings for this episode then. It is IMDb gives it a 7.6 out of 10. Eh, I might go a little bit higher, maybe not sure. You know, now that we're discussing it, there's some, a lot of absurdity in there with things. Overall, it's a thumbs up with basic police work as in last episode. The OCB team thinks they're going to make a drug bust in the glades, which ends up being illegal Colombian baby smuggling adoption scam in which attorney Howard Familia is a beneficiary working in concert with social services worker Angela Mitchell and Colombian counsel Eduardo Vasquez. It was great to see Zito, Gina, Trudy, and Switek in more active roles in this episode. Castillo was hesitant to take on this case, but did so at the urging of Gina and Trudy. What made this episode for me was really in that uh, hospital room right where Howard gets his due was it was like a Nighthawks a la Sylvester Stallone decoy sting at the very end with Gina posing as Maria Escobar. Maria heartbreakingly did not take her son from his adoptive parents. So those kind of two scenes gave me, you know, along with the basic police work, gave me, uh, you know, a thumbs up for this episode. Nothing really special, but it was it was good nonetheless.
Mark, you need to see it. Excellent okay. movie. I'll, I'll look for it. Sylvester Stallone, Billy D. Williams. Gotcha. Uh, Tim, I think the 7.6 is appropriate, but I did definitely like this episode. It wasn't stellar, but it's not a bottom feeder either. Uh, once again, the Vice team gets wrapped up in something not necessarily Vice-related, but this time they wanted to see it uh, see it to the end rather than pretty much why are they involved this type of episode. Uh, Familia, just creepy altogether, which in hindsight was appropriate for this sleazeball scumbag POS for what he did. His glare has nothing on Castillo's stare. Like I said, Castillo was just business when he does the stare. Gina and Trudy seemed intent on getting Maria's child back. But in the end, Maria did what any parent would do, which was the right thing. See her child not in pain, even if it means letting him go. In the long run, when the kid gets older, which, you know, when they'll understand, you know, as an adult, that's good to do it. But for now, the kid only knew one mom. Let him be with that mom. The hospital and family's office was a quintessential Miami style. But now, again, very muted, very muted. Not good. Um, and then the hospital, the sculpture with the boobs. <laughs> I don't get it. Don't get it whatsoever. All right. We are now at the music part of the episode. First up, we've got Moving and Grooving by Reds and the Boys. That's at the beach where Mitchell and Familio met. Stop and Think by Michelle Goulet. That's at the beach where Mitchell and Familia were meeting again. Hanging by a Thread by Mike and the Mechanics. That's when they're looking for Hector. And then Love by You by Joan Amatrading. That's the end sequence with Maria and Alex. And Mark, the Jan Hammer music credited for this episode was Columbia, which was all the pre-credits sequence. going to move on to the goofs fun facts and location our first location is armando Tapanay's farm 15902 northwest 122nd avenue in miami which was all the columbia scenes our next location we've got the waldorf towers hotel 860 ocean drive in miami beach that's the dinner scenes with familia and vasquez and the exterior of angelo's apartment and mark we have a quotable quote which is, if they're landing here, you can bet it ain't carrying Sunday school books. And that was Crockett over the radio while they were waiting for the plane to land in the glades. And our, we've got a goof here. And once again, covering the ventilation duct. Uh, it's so grossly oversized. In reality, air vents are very small conduits. No building would have ventilation staff so large, especially a hospital that small. And as it would mean making the walls infeasibly thick to accommodate them. All right, and let's go over the trivia portion of this episode. Last episode, we asked when Clarence meets Tubbs at night on the street by his caddy, what is the name of the small clothing store on the left? The answer is Clappers. And we'll have a photo of that on this post. And this show's trivia question is, what is the tail number of the plane that landed with the babies? 
You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook or Instagram post, or you can email us at miamivice at duck.com. And we've arrived at Snurd's Chalkboard of Wisdom, where we hope to inspire, enlighten, or make you snicker little. In both the world of Miami Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. And in the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and our social media, we'd like to offer some parting thoughts. Be it a simple quote, phrase, words of encouragement, or a funny quip to you, our listeners. Because without you, our friends, we'd just be talking to ourselves. And yes, we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show and social media. This episode's quote is... Autumn is just a second spring when every leaf is a flower. And that's from Albert Camus. So the month of September marks National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And I'm going to be releasing a blog on the 15th, uh, which is in a few days from now, which I'm going to just give a few list of resources if you want to become better aware or learn how to become better aware. Because I mentioned this And I believe season one, how I had a friend that I worked with on a fire department, he committed suicide. Then 16 years later, it turns out I met with a chief and he pointly said, you know, he said, Tim, the signs were there that this guy was going to commit suicide. We just weren't trained to see him. So this blog that I'm doing is giving you the opportunity, if you read it, to become better aware. There's resources out there where you could get some training on how to become better aware on people that are suffering from mental health issues, drug and alcohol addiction, and other things. Uh, And you could find my blog at www.timothygrutzius.com forward slash blog. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us on this review. We hope you found this episode exciting and entertaining. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing to our podcast and following us on our social media channels to stay updated on our latest episodes. On Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, we are Vice of Miami Podcast. Your support means everything to us. And if you have a spare moment, we would be incredibly grateful if you could leave us a rating and a review of those channels. Thanks again for listening, and we can't wait to share more with you soon. So we'll catch you next time on the Vice of Miami podcast on show 58 covering episode 10, Streetwise. Now. Good luck, pal.